morning, everybody, and welcome to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. Oh, it is so good to be here with you guys today. Lots of fun, foodie talk. We've got great guests planned. We, coincidentally, we have like, I don't know, is it fair to say two of the best bakers in the Twin Cities on our show today? I think so. I think so. I think so. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit of wine things. We're going to talk a little bit of things. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, you and I ate a lot together this we week. We did. We've hung out probably th- more this week than we have in a couple like, was, a months. Year. <laughs> yeah. So we had a lot of things because, of course, it was your birthday. You haven't yes. been on since you've turned the big five zero. so happy oh, birthday God. to you. I, like the birthday was great, mm-hmm. but I'm ready to move on now and just it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to move on now. I'm now 50. You're 50. That's the way it is. Yeah. And Time it's and going to be what it is. Do you feel, is there any sort of golden bit of knowledge that dropped into your head the moment you turned 50? Totally. Yeah. Um, a, I'm trying it? not to. Well, I told you this morning, I'm trying <laughs> not to talk about people behind their back. And like, I don't know. That's, we're all trying to do that, right? And we all do it. And so right. I'm probably just being You're trying honest. to be more positive towards people. Maybe not... S- no. Oh, okay. Because sometimes you can't be positive. Sometimes like there's negative things to be said, but yeah. they need to be said or not even negative. Just like your opinion about something that maybe doesn't jive with someone else's. I, so I'm trying to be more reflective about like that. Other people are thinking those thoughts too, or how they're thinking them. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah. saying it right. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to do You're that. You're trying to put some more positive is. energy in, maybe less yeah, negative like just energy. like, okay, if someone's doing something that's bugging you, like, why are they doing it? They're not doing it from a point of, like, trying to hurt you, even though maybe their actions did. Yeah. It's from whatever they have going on, from whatever they're coming from it at. So trying to just be more open-minded about that my perspective and what my point of view is, is not the only window to look at it. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. So that's 50. And then... Along that those lines, I felt like there were some people in my life that I need to like just say, you know what? I didn't always give you a fair shake. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. So I have my first one on Monday. Okay. I have a lunch with someone that I am going to say, look, I didn't always treat you the best and I'm sorry about that. Okay. So that's 50. I like that. Because I don't want to carry that baggage around anymore. No. That's just not fun. No, it's a little hard. It is hard. And I think when you get more confident in who you like are, you don't need to see things the same way that you have like you can change your mind of course or you can just be a better person and be like you know what they're doing the best they can everybody is sort of struggling in their own way this would be my advice too with families (laughs) um because i think we get really caught up in our families like with slights and it's hard when there's so many years of you know history history and baggage and and you're just like you always like I'll use my one sister for example. I always you I always see her in the same way that I did when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, like we didn't get we haven't gotten out of our roles, and the reality is she's had a whole other life as have I that has informed us, has changed us. But yet when we have like conflict, we still come at it like those same eighth graders. Yeah. So, you know, just I think the wisdom of fifty is that you just bring a whole lifetime to something, and your feelings. The kernel of it might be the same, but the way you react would be different. Like, I don't have to just fight for every single piece of land here. Good. I'm not in Good. a, you know. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, that less was hill- way more than you asked hills for. to die for. <laughs> to die Yeah, like it's less not a war every single time yes. where my guns are loaded and okay. I must defend. <laughs> Sometimes it's just like, wow, there's army people over there and uh, they have cute outfits. Okay, good. 
Well, we had a lovely dinner at the Lexington uh, for your birthday. We had a oh, lovely cake, did. which a lot of people were excited about. But then we followed it up with the dinner like two days later at uh, the Lexington with the winners for the Bits for Kids. Yes. Carrie and her crew, Aunt Teresa and everybody else. And and um, we it just was a great time. Bits for Kids uh, happens once a year and you get to bid on unique experience packages that are put out by the radio station. And this one family has bid on it two years in a row. Yep. They they're, made it kind of their annual thing. They're two first. I hope they do it again. Yeah. They're just, it's they're totally really fun. great people. And Ronald McDonald House, my gosh, what great work do they do? Right. And so what's really great is they donated to the charity and then, you know, Chef Jack and the Lexington put up kind of a stellar five course dinner. Wow. Well, they really to did. To give them, you know, the props for doing that. And so shout out to them because that dinner was, I mean, that was, I don't know, that was just beautiful. That buttermilk soup that I posted, posted. We uh, both posted boy, that. I posted the yeah, pouring the of the... Yeah, I just, you know, it was just that perfect, lovely, fresh, cold. I was, and which is really funny because Molly, who was on with me last week, we had talked about cold soups. I was like, meh, I don't care about them. And then I post this beautiful picture because I was so enamored with it. It was just so beautifully balanced. And it was just, it was lovely. Do you think cold soups kind of can be surprising? Like, they almost catch you off guard when they're amazing. Yeah. And you don't expect them to be amazing because mm-hmm. it's like, meh, cold soup. Right. But then you get one that's just like amazing. And it's, you know. I don't want it to feel like a milkshake, which is what I always feel like I'm going in for. And so then I'm always. Oh, that's interesting. Or like yeah. a blended Yeah, I already smoothie. sort of feel like it's going to be just this weird thing. And then when it's cold, but if it's elegant, it puts you into a different space. I had a really delicious zucchini mint um, soup. Up at, I guess it was up at Brinside Lodge. Oh. And Lori happened to be there that weekend. And I was like, oh, let's order the soup and share it. She's like, no, nobody shares soup. I'm like, oh, Stephanie would share soup I with me. I would totally share soup. <laughs> in fact, last time I had a cold soup that was this good was at Jones in the Park when we were there for Dino for Life. Yes, and I you remember and I that like soup. swapped it a little bit because I was like, oh, I want some of your appetizer. And you were like, well, I'll have some of your soup. Yeah, she was like, nobody shares soup. So if you're with Lori Bragini, <laughs> she does not share soup. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well. Anyway, so that was a lovely night at the Lexington. And then last night we were at Gianni's. We went out, you came out to Wyzetta for yeah. a little fun time. And they have great. a, they feature that Peterson limousine beef that is in a lot of restaurant menus now. It's these uh, cattle that they're, I guess you call them longhorns when the horns go out the sides of their head, kind of. They're this French breed that does really well in the cold. Yeah. And the limousine is the name of the breed. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I guess Peterson limousine beef. Yeah. Imagine that. It's Peterson craft meats so that, cause it's not the only one that they do. So they do a couple different things, but their limousine beef is sort of this very beautiful, you know, high quality animals that just they're, they completely and utterly love rocky soil and cold weather. And it's great. Yeah. They're and easy they, to raise and they're delicious. And they have a, I guess a, to me, the fat content in them is like just right. And just mouth savory feel. I just, I love that beef. And they have a meat market too in Market House, right? Yeah. Yep. They're the ones that, in fact, if you go to the uh, farmer's market in St. Paul today, you could pop over and buy some of the Peterson Craft meats right outside of the Octo Fish Bar. You know what else they have at the farmer's market right now? Hmm. Uh, Peonies. Oh, really? Yeah, it's peony season and just like, oh my gosh. Yes, that's my favorite. That's your favorite flower? Yeah. So do you bring them? I mean, I always, do you buy them from the market or do you have them in your yard? Both. In my old yard. Uh, Maddie O'Reilly's new yard. <laughs> do you do you have you outed him as the owner of your house? From yeah, there? people. I think no. Uh, the peonies are in bloom there. I did drive by. They look beautiful. Yeah, I have some of those in my yard now. Yeah, um, that I was able to bring with, but they're not as 
squishy and beautiful. But yeah, I do love peonies. I have two huge, <gasps> I have two huge peony bushes. So I could come in because you can like, you could, they're like weeds. You could split them. You don't notice yeah, that they're even gone. if you want to come get some, do it. Yeah, I might. Also the rhubarb. I forgot I was going to bring you some rhubarb today, <gasps> but I didn't. I've already made rhubarb syrup. Yeah. And what I did was I put it into ice cube trays. Yeah, I saw that. And made ice cubes at the cabin. Mm-hmm. So when I make a drink, I just put that ice, pop it in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that'll good. be good. Um, quickly on peonies, do you cut them? And then what about the ants? I always feel like aren't there yeah. always ants that come into your house? The with ants them? actually serve a purpose. They I have know. so many tight leaves. The ants pull the leaves apart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you get some ants sometimes. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It's part of the joy. The joy of if peonies. you buy them. I if you buy them from like a store, I never get the ants. Do you? So I that's what I was going to ask. If you buy them at the farmers market, do you get the ants, or sometimes, if you just buy them sometimes? But if you buy them, like I bought some at Trader, not Trader Joe's, Whole Foods the other day. Yeah, and they don't come with ants. I don't know how they get them. So that the ants de-anted. Yeah, and a lot of times the buds don't open. Actually, oh really? Yeah, usually like if you buy a batch, I would say two of the six stems they won't fully ever open. Huh. I might. Mine are not blooming yet. They're there. They're almost there, but they're not there. Do you know what color they are? I, I think no. Aren't they just always light pink? There's dark pink. Oh, there's dark pink. There's yellow. Oh. There's white. Oh, there's gosh. light pink. There's nope. double. There's singles. No idea. Yeah. There's a lot of varieties. Okay, that'll be fun for us. Yeah. To... So I'll bring some of those next week. Oh, you yeah. won't be here. <laughs> I probably won't. You probably. I won't. am popping in throughout the summer. Someone you are. said I thought you were gone the whole summer. And you know what? I kind of like my radio show these days. So I was like, yeah, I'll do some when I can get it into my schedule. So I'll be popping in throughout the summer. Yeah. Just because it's been so, there's so much fun stuff to talk about food wise in the summer. My gosh. I know. It is so good. There's and so we many have things. Good guess. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. You're listening to the Weekly Dish. Just update on Red Rabbit and St. Paul. It's coming along. Not ready to go yet, but they are working on it. Um, Red Cow is open. All the patios are open. They are sponsored today, so check them out. We will be right back. Our topless photo of John Kraus. John Kraus and Elizabeth Rose are here in studio from Patisserie 46. And is it 44? 46? Why am I doing this this morning? I'm like second guessing everything I'm saying. You know why it is? Because Elizabeth, I always call her Rose. And Stephanie's like, her name is not Rose. Her name is Elizabeth. So then I was just like, okay, Elizabeth, what's your last? She's like, Rose is her last name. So I am just a dork. Welcome. Welcome. Friends, countrymen. Oh, yeah, thank you. They brought this beautiful um, sort of French looking basket today with a little bottle of champagne, croissants, some strawberries, chocolates, which, you know, people know about your baked goods because you have this beautiful bakery. I would like to just say, I think your chocolates are amazing. Well, thank you very much. And you're so humble. I would like to say that, too. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. So the, you guys have some pretty exciting news. It's been an exciting year for St. Paul. Actually, an exciting couple of years. You are opening a bakery in St. Paul. That is correct. Okay, I'm just letting the listeners like have a moment because it's very exciting. You're in the former Starbucks, right? at Selby Dale there. Yes. Over by Flirt and over by the Whole Foods and... Uh, what did you see that space at the Starbucks there open up and just snap it up? Had you been looking in St. Paul? It we've been we're always kind of looking, uh, but with, this one was kind of unique because I, I went through a process several years ago with a dear friend who was my French teacher when I joined the Relais Air. Okay, and he used to be a travel uh, guru, so he would take these huge companies on trips to France. Sure, and but he had other people with him. And one of the women that was in this business with him is the owner of that property. Oh. Well, 
he passed away. Okay. And later on, we were having a dinner for him, and uh, she approached me, and she said, I have something I'd like to show you. I said, okay, uh, that's great. And she said, it's an old Starbucks. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's great. Uh, so I went because there was some kind of strange, uh, sort of beautiful connection from Barry, my, yeah. my friend. And I thought, okay, it's worth exploring. Yeah, and maybe it's like karma or something. Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure he's smiling right now. But uh, so I, we all went over and started walking around the neighborhood and really kind of getting a feel for what was happening there. And I think that was the most important moment for me because that's really what drives a bakery is the neighborhood. Yeah. It's, you know, Patisserie 46 wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that neighborhood. And it really depends on the, the growth of your organization depends on what the, how the neighborhood feels about you more than how you feel about the neighborhood. And there's been a lot of development in that area, but it's also still got kind of a corner feel, corner oh, bakery charm. Absolutely. It's fantastic. There's kids, there's, there's families. A there's lot of homes people, nearby. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful, it's inviting to me. And, and I think that was uh, when I say, you know what, I, I think this, this is a great spot for us because that's what we rely on. Elizabeth, did you know right away, like, this is the spot? Because in some ways, I wonder if it's, it feels a little small. It does feel small. I think, you know, you're looking at 1,300 square feet, but it's also, you know, a smaller footprint from building out an entire kitchen yeah. and focusing on the product of, of what we do. And I think, you know, of course, I'm the naysayer all the time on the business end of things. And I look at him and I'm like, you know, I don't know. But he goes, look down the road. And we're standing inside of it, looking out the windows and all of the buildings on Selby, Heritage Rose. and oh, That's right. Le and yeah. Legacy Rose. Oh, my God. And he goes, Barry's at work. We're doing it. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. And there's a certain amount of charm and just like gut instincts. And right. You're an entrepreneur. Like sometimes you just go with your gut. You have to. Will you be doing, I'm sorry, Steph, I'll let you get a word in edgewise in just a sec. Are you, will you be doing, um, <laughs> I'm so excited. Will you be doing like baking there or will you bake in Minneapolis and then like be restocking? Like, how will that work? The main goal there is it, it's kind of the system that in Europe where you have an outlet. Yeah. So like, you produce yes. everything in one, one location and take it, but we will be doing ice cream there as well. Oh, so, uh, are you going to make your own? Absolutely. Oh, you do. Yeah, it's a Patisserie Forty Six. You, you guys cream. have ice cream there. I don't no, think so I've ever actually been it's there kind in the of summer. A hidden, hidden secret. But so okay, Patisserie Forty Six has its own flavor, and it's mm -hmm. got this little sort of neighborhood, very cozy. It's very like a bread place for me in my mind. I kind of mm -hmm. think of that, and then I think Rose Street is kind of this beautiful, very you know continental sort of gorgeous place, a little bit more refined, you know, with the chocolates and stuff. Is this going to have its own thing, or are we following kind of the Rose Street pattern from now on? I think the Rose Street pattern is is what we're going to follow. But each, as you grow, each location morphs into what the neighborhood is. wants it to be. Right. Um, I'm a pastry chef, so we're always going to highlight pastries. Mm -hmm. um, we will have chocolates and and bread, and uh, but the ice cream that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, and it's kind of a specialty of ours. So we'll have some beautiful ice cream. I have a question for you about that because you're. You're a really interesting pastry chef to me because you execute the classics just like superb. 
but you also, I think, have a good savory side and have a understanding of different flavor profiles and combinations. But you're not like, I don't feel like you need to be wacky, you know, like we're going to be this wacky ice cream. So like when someone comes, like what are flavors that really speak to you that you have produced? Hmm. Mango cilantro sorbet. <laughs> Mango cilantro. <laughs> Which did, uh, is like wackier, but not wacky. Yeah, but it's it's spectacular. And yeah. then we have mm-hmm. a lemongrass peppermint chocolate, which is wonderful. Okay, that is wacky. Does that work? It works. Uh, we did one recently. It's caramelized fennel and salted caramel ice cream, and it's amazing. I bet that is amazing because the anise flavor, mm-hmm. I bet, comes through. But that's about as... F- I, I don't feel the need to... to uh, go crazy. I think a great vanilla ice cream with a raspberry sorbet is for me better than 90% of. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't need bubble gum or. Uh, right. Well, there's, It's not to say I don't like chocolate cookie dough ice cream either. I'm not yep. saying that at all, but I think for us, what we like to do because we have the, the new place will have eight to 16 flavors, depending on the size of the containers that we use. And we want to highlight strawberries when strawberries are in season yeah or blueberries when we get them here and the season's so short or rhubarb i mean there's there's so many reasons why we don't need to do that because what we want to highlight is a beautiful sorbet that changes the way people look at ice cream and sorbet i think you just changed the way i looked at cookie dough and cookie ice cream because if anyone could make like cookie ice cream amazing it'd be you because you make cookies amazing well so there you go. I agree. I think, <laughs> I think there's a way to look at everything. <laughs> now, you guys are, I mean, there's kind of this idea that, I, I don't know, when you guys started, you know, opening your shops, there was this, I mean, it was kind of the cupcake world and everybody was doing this kind of stuff and you brought it back to sort of an adult elegance, I thought, to baked goods, you know, doing these pastries and doing them in the French traditions. And I think in the weirdest way, you know, a lot of the French restaurants that have kind of bubbled up with Grand Cafe and Belcour and all the rest, and they all have this sort of, it's like we're kind of re-embracing that. Do you see people who are in love with, you know, that classic sort of turn of breads? I think in in our industry, the hardest thing to do is stay true to being an artisan with all of the things that are happening outside of uh the culinary world. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things that have come about and changed people's lives and made people, uh, who they are. But I always said, and, and our team kind of fully embraces that, that if you can't make an amazing croissant by on itself, why, why do anything different? Really? Why? Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) you have to, you have to focus on those. And I think that's the traditions of, of being an artisan, a craftsman uh, that, that have kind of stood the test of time and I think will always come back. Um, yeah, just the it's way it just is. classic and it's just real. I'm always obsessed with the life of, of you. I I know it's kind of weird, but I remember you, the first time you came in. When I was a dancer? Or, <laughs> no, just we were Nobody talking about. Nobody knows where this is going right no, now. We I just want you to know that. Elizabeth knows because I talked to her about it. I was like, the first time you came in and we met and I just, I think the life of a pastry chef is so beautiful and grueling and the hours and you were talking about that you had two boys and they were playing hockey and how to balance all that. Because you have to get up at like 4 a.m., to be ready like you have to be at the bakery that early don't you that's late in the yeah. day that's so, really late. yeah yeah <laughs> so what time do you go to bed i'm terrible i typically i used to go to bed at like 6 30 i'd fall asleep sitting anywhere like yep. a stop sign i'd be asleep <laughs> yes. i'd wake up I'd, oh sorry that's really yeah but uh now I, I i try to go to bed before 10 
get five good hours and usually you fall asleep right away and yeah and it works but it is exhausting sometimes i mean elizabeth are you an early riser not as early as that i will say his six alarms to encourage him to get out of bed at that time i don't love no do you have to like one here one where i have to walk across the room one where i start with the walk across the room then typically one of the dogs will coerce me into laying back down and then uh (laughs) The second one gets me motivated to get up. And by the third or fourth one, I'm usually pretty good. Yeah, it's hard when yeah. we would do morning drive. I would do the same thing. And my husband would just be like, come on. This is the fourth snooze yeah, button. I'm not yeah. Get out of bed. Hey, before we go, I want to make sure we talk about the thing that has not been said before, which is the fact that you guys are going into the keg and case market. We Absolutely. are. I mean, this is news. Oh, yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, <laughs> but so this is exciting stuff. You guys are opening is it a bakery kiosk. Is it going to be Rose Street as well? Yes. And so tell us what to expect there. Lots of confections. Yes. Uh, gorgeous teas. Uh, we have a oh, teas. teas. Excellent. We have a friend that's a, a tea merchant. Mm-hmm. In fact, we just spoke to him the other day and he's like, listen, I can't talk right now. I'm in Japan in the mountains, but I'll call you as soon as I get I'm home. at an onsen. I might <laughs> be like, naked in a oh, pool of hot okay. water. <laughs> um, I'm sitting in the office. So have a great time. You know. But he, so we, we will have a, a beautiful line of teas. Uh, breakfast pastries, and and we really, really want to see the confections take off. I mean, it's it's really a fascinating kind of experiment that they're to put all of these artisans in, under one roof. That it's, so exciting! It's going to be incredible. It's really so starting too. to come together. You know, we're kind of feeling like everybody's what we're finding out who's going in and like spinning wild. I was just hanging out with those guys, the uh, cotton candy yep. yeah. makers. Yeah. And they are so excited. And I just, I love the exuberance of people who are, it's not like, oh, yeah, we're just opening this thing. Everybody is really excited excited. about it. And there's, you can feel it. And it's really fascinating to see the different layers that are coming together. It's, it's going to be beautiful. And when we are all in the same room together, you know, before any announcements, you know, we got to see everyone that we'd be sharing space with. And it was just so beautiful to see their excitement for each other. It does yeah. feel like a kind of a co-op or a collective of people that yeah. really want this thing to go. And, you know, I'm the homer of St. Paul. Like, something good in St. Paul that kind of starts in something old mm-hmm. just feels yeah. right right now. Oh, the, yeah. his- the history of that building yeah. is also unbelievable. I can't so. wait to see what they do with the Rathskeller. That's going to be fascinating. It will be. All right, thanks for coming in and sharing the big news that, of course, I waited till the very end to let Steph share. Because <laughs> I didn't read the email. Since you don't read the email. Yeah, so I would have okay. been like, oh my gosh! I know. So, I know. anyway, it's always great to have you Absolutely. in. You're welcome anytime. And you bring treats, so that's well, great. there you go. We Thank are you guys. Thanks, you guys. Weekly Dish. Thank We're going to go ahead and take a break. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. I have to say how excited I am. Ken Case looks like it's really shaping up into something cool. I have been very secretly like oh i hope it's good i hope it's good i hope oh, it's good yeah because it just it seems good i've toured it i've looked inside it i've been in the building like three separate times the vendors look great i'm excited for sweet science ice cream too ashley olds our friend is going to be over there with her scoop shop yep there's just a lot of cool stuff happening right now yeah the I- wild fandango is there this weekend the mushroom folks 
Yes, that is happening. Uh, if you want to check out, if you kind of want to walk around the Ken case, I don't think they're giving like there's. It's a construction zone. Yeah. So it's not like you can get in and see everything, but you can kind of see how the the process is happening. And um, they're doing that wild foods fandango with Mike Kempnich, and he's sort of sourcing. He's all the sorts mushroom of, forager. Yes, the gentleman forager. Yes. Right? Yes. That's his name. Yeah, not the forager chef, which is Alan Berger. Yes. Who I also little, love. We kind of get a little bit mixed up sometimes, but. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. It's and the be a in cool bloom is gonna be one of the anchor tenants. There'll also be a Jamaica pimento kitchen, more like a I think a grab and go type situation there or a counter service. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of I think in bloom is the of course uh, Thomas Bamer and Nick Rancone, you know, corner table guys. It's gonna be their big restaurant, mm-hmm. so that's gonna be sort of this really cool thing. And then, um, you know, a lot of little kiosks and a lot of little vendors. It's a, it's a, it is actually going to be probably the closest to an actual food hall that we've gotten so far. I mean, Midtown Global is definitely in that same, you know, we've had this food hall before food halls were yep. cool, but I think it is, this is a little bit different. I'm really excited about it. I know. Um, I know it's going to be really great. So it's a good part of thinking about the summer in the cities. I tell you what, I can't wait for all that stuff to happen. Um, okay, I have a question for you. Speaking of summer, okay, okay. May, you know, was um, National Picnic Month. May was so many things. National Burger Donut Month. Day. Yeah, Donut Day. Yesterday that was, was June like one. Life that, of the Donut. Yeah. Did you? Were you having issues with that? <laughs> I didn't eat the donut. I did. <laughs> this is gonna make you laugh. I went to the kitchen at Hubbard because I was on there with Holly. There was a bunch of donuts there. I picked one up. I split it in half and it was sort of dry and sad and almost sweating like it had been there for a while. And I was just like, yeah, I, I'm not going to waste calories on that. It's it. There were so many donuts everywhere I went yesterday that it felt a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Donut. It just there was just a lot, a lot of donuts everywhere. And I just sort of I, there were lines. Did you see the lines? Like, did you see they no. had like some of the donut shops in the city had lines going around the, you know down the skyway and everything. It was kind of, it was great. I mean, everybody, and then I would be driving and I would see people walking with these big flat boxes, you know, everyone's sort of being generous. I love it because donut day isn't like you go and you buy a donut for yourself. Usually it's like you get a dozen and then you bring them to somebody. That's right. And you share it. So I thought that was always nice. Um, All right. So, but it's also been uh, national hamburger month or cheeseburger month. I don't know. Um, And here's, here's the question. Do you remember there's a new, there's a new debate on the internet, and I want to see how you feel about sure. it. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> so, do you remember how is a hot dog a sandwich basically captivated everybody's attentions for like a year? Do you remember how, or do you even know? No. Nope. <laughs> Pass <laughs> me I by. I see her face is like, what are you talking nope. about? Yeah. All right. Well, for a long, long time on the internet, you see a lot of people debating whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. Can I ask you what your opinion is on that? Is it's a hot not. dog a sandwich? No, it's Why a hot dog it? and a bun. But is it, if it's, what is it? Okay, what is a sandwich? I guess if you say it's something <laughs> placed between two slices of bread, then a hot dog becomes a sandwich, but it's not a sandwich. You don't have, sandwich is bread. It's not a bun. But so let me ask you this. If I had then taken that same bun and put turkey and a, slices of tomato and lettuce in there. In a hot dog bun, then yeah. it would be a sandwich. <laughs> And yet, for some reason, a hot dog isn't a sandwich. And I don't know. I, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So this is you're this making is, me want to go to the worst house oh, that place listen, in St. Paul. This is a debate that if you want to find, just Google is a hot dog a sandwich, and you'll see how many people have had such very passionate feelings about this. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, the funny thing is, we don't have as big of a hot dog culture as say, let's say Chicago, right? Right. right. So Chicago and New York, those. Those guys are definitely have feelings about whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich because they have carts on every corner and they eat them every day and it's part of their daily lives. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. We're going to move the debate to something new. Two McDonald's customers in Florida filed a $5 million class action lawsuit alleging that the fast food giant has been ripping people off by only offering a quarter pounder with cheese, forcing customers to pay for that cheese even if they wanted their burgers without it. So this really comes down to the larger debate. Can a hamburger have cheese? Or, to put it another way, a cheeseburger must include cheese, but is a cheeseburger also a type of hamburger? (laughs) Or does the term hamburger imply that the burger is served plain? Is it a a ham? Are all hamburgers, are all cheeseburgers hamburgers, but then our hamburgers can never be cheeseburgers? Is okay. it? It's, <laughs> Why? This is what? a lawsuit, though. Like, this is a $5 million lawsuit. This is absurd. And this yes. is why the legal system is absurd. Well, because you can have frivolous lawsuits like this when there's legitimately like people that I love are, that it's a $5 million class action lawsuit <laughs> that they can't because a, a quarter pounder a with cheese. <laughs> a cheeseburger is a hamburger with cheese. Done. So. So the Chicago Sun-Times guy says, he stands very clear. He says, people who want cheese on their hamburgers should be forced to say, I want a cheeseburger. He argued. He said, I should not be required to say, I want a hamburger, no cheese. Do you understand? (laughs) Or or even answer the question, do you want cheese on your hamburger? (laughs) Oh, my word. I know. But see, the joke is that basically, you know, it's kind of like the idea of, it's, you know, sort of cheeseburger with no cheese, which is, is there a cheeseburger with no cheese or is that just a hamburger? I feel like, <laughs> like you're punking me right now. Like this is some sort of weird skit that is like being recorded and there's going to, someone going to pop out and be like, here's a cheeseburger. But this is on news. I mean, like this is like in the Chicago Sun Times, this debate, like this is what's happening. Wow. It because was a slow news date, friends. I know. That's what I'm saying. But it's kind of interesting. Um, I will say that uh, the definition of cheeseburger by Miriam Weber suggests that the word means a hamburger topped with a slice of cheese. <laughs> she keeps going. I'm going because I just need you to understand this. Since the word hamburger is inclusive in the definition, it would seem to the point to a cheeseburger as being a type of hamburger. Wow. I'm just wanting it to be. What do you think? I think a cheeseburger is a hamburger with cheese. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what that, I think too. But I do think that if you get, I think that, but it is a hamburger. But it, it so I'm saying like if you order a hamburger and you order a cheeseburger, I don't think that you would think that it is anything different. Right. But anyway, they're going to come up with, the courts are going to come up with they could, if somebody can make $5 million off of this, off of McDonald's too, by Which the way. Which they probably can. Yeah, I'm sure that they can. I am. I know. It's, it's wow. kind of one of those things, right? I love it. I know. It's one of those. I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, I did also want to, I'm just kind of throwing some stuff out here because yeah, we're it's just. It's drips kinda, and drabs. It's drips and drabs without the actual content name. Hey, I did want to bring up, though, as far as summer goes, um, I did want to mention that we are doing uh, at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine, we have a new Facebook page called Summer in the Twin Cities. It's a new group. 
Okay. And so what we want to do is it's, this is kind of one of those things where we want to bring in um, people who are we want to gather people just like our weekly dish instant potters group. We want to bring people in to kind of talk about, you know, the best things that are happening this summer. And so uh, we're putting it all in, and it's a group so you can join it. And we're going to talk about patios. We're going to talk about all sorts of fun things that are happening for the summer. Okay. So you guys can join up. Summer in the Twin Cities. You just go to, it should just be Facebook group, Summer in the Twin Cities. You can ask to join and we will, uh, we will kind of, um, you know, it's the same thing like with weekly editions to powders. You have to, you have to join and then you get approved and then you're in. Um, One of the things that we want to do is talk about kind of like best summer cheeseburgers. This is actually the roll into this. This is all works out. Uh, we want to talk about best summer cheeseburgers and we kind of want or burgers or hamburgers, however you feel. And um, and uh, have, you know, we want it to be a discussion. So if you I'm going to ask you right now, what is your favorite patio side cheeseburger? Um, patio side cheeseburger or our outdoor. Let's say this or seasonal. Let me ask you this seasonal cheeseburger. Um. Well, okay. I I mean red cow for sure. Um, but they have patios, but I think of them well, usually when yeah, I, I eat mean, there that's I sort eat of inside. Like, so do you ever go to Dariet in Okay, so Saint you're Paul? looking I'm for looking like, for your summer cheeseburger or your summer burger. When I say cheeseburger, Gordy's high hat and cloquet. So do you Okay, that is a seasonal. I didn't know that that was a seasonal before this. Yeah. I thought it was they okay. close and they used to close for like and just open in the summer. Now more families involved and they have a coffee shop next door. So I think they close less time. Yeah. But it started out as like a seasonal burger. It's two hours north. It is right at the cloquet exit of 33. And what's good about that cheeseburger? Burger. Because it's been years since I had it and I kind of have an idea of what it is. But you definitely have it way more than I do. Yeah, it's um, it's like a good it's better than fast food. Yeah. So it's hand patted. It's got a big thick. You can get like a big thick slice of real tomato, real lettuce, mayo. I just, it's a good quality hand patted burger. Okay. The bun is like is soft griddled? but not grilled. Yeah, it is griddled. It is griddled. Yep. Okay. And it's just, it's flat-ish. It's good. I There's just something about it. It's the Gordy's High Hat Burger. It's the Gordy's High Hat Burger. Yeah. Good. I'm going to tell you that mine is right now. It's the peppermint twist. You like the peppermint I twist, do. and I need to go to the Dariette. I have not been to the Dariette in guys, a long, long time. The Dariette has a pizza burger that is so legit. That's what I get at the Dariette. And I will say I've had a really sad pizza burger just recently, and I almost like lost my faith in the pizza burger. The Dariette pizza burger is oozy with cheese and sauce, and there I think there's pepperoni in my mind. There's pepperoni on it, and it's just this sort of pizza but burger situation. That yeah. is just kind of lovely. I love it. I know. Okay. Burger. I've talked way over the time on the cheeseburgers. So That's sorry okay. About that. We, you know, this is what we do here. Right. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. You can call in with your question 651 641 1071. This is what happens. 651 641 1071. We'll take your calls live on the air when we come back. Bye. We are back. It is the weekly dish presented this week and every week by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Red Cow has four locations and Red Rabbit has one on Washington Avenue in Minneapolis, but they're in the process of building one in the former Wild Onion in St. Paul that people are getting very excited about. So that will be fun. You can check them out for brunch, burgers, and they have great cocktails and awesome wine. 
So this is the part of the show where we do the Ask Stephanie portion, 651-641-1071. You can reach us lots of ways these days. We do have Weekly Dish on Twitter. Mm -hmm. We have Weekly Dish on Facebook. And we have Weekly Dish MN on Instagram. So you can reach us through that. I did a little uh, Instagram story this morning asking if there was any questions. And Heather had an interesting question. Okay. She said, I am one of those people that taste soap when I eat cilantro. And cilantro is a weird thing because some people have an enzyme that makes the herb taste like soap to them. And she said, what does it taste like? And if you can't eat it, what would you use for like substitutions? Um, what does It doesn't matter what it tastes like if you can only taste soap, soap. because it's only ever going to taste like soap to you. But how would you describe what like cilantro tastes like to someone? Because it like almost tastes like summer. Like it's fresh. It's, I think limey, but it's always because it's usually paired with lime, yeah. so it's not limey in and of itself. No, I think, and I hate to say like it does taste soapy, but it's not a bad soapy, you know, or in a weird <laughs> way to say. But it has just a nice little, like a tiny bit of bite to it. So there's a little, you know, it's kind of got a little bit of an edge, but mostly it's kind of, it's a little floral in my mind. And a in, little like parsley, but yeah. like half the strength like of parsley. That's the sharp, I think. Like it's yeah. got like a little bit of bite to it, but it's not really, yeah, I don't know how you, I don't know how you describe, like how would you describe basil either? Like, think about it. You'd want to say fresh and. <laughs> You'd want to say, like, yeah. You know, you want to say a little sweet, but that doesn't really get at what it is. No. It's hard herbs, you know, yeah, to weird. sort of say those things because they're basil or What would you sub out? Like for cilantro in recipes? Um, I mean, I just, if I don't put cilantro in things, like if it's I'm making a guacamole or I'm making some salsa and I don't put cilantro, I usually just go a little bit more with like chives mm-hmm. or I might do a little parsley if I want green in there to kind of give it a little, because a lot of people don't have a problem with parsley if they do with cilantro. So even though they're kind of in the same family, mm-hmm. um, that, that's, I would just, I would just go more with like a fresh chive instead of like an onion. I would just do those because those, those sort of have that bite and a mint maybe in the right kind of dishes. Yeah. I'm not big with mint in that. Really? Because, yeah. Well, mint has a very, to me, a very sweeter characteristic. Like that to me is like, I wouldn't ever sub, um, like, basil either for it because those are in those those are a little bit sweeter than the i feel like cilantro is more of a savory like a bite i might throw like a lemon thyme in instead of a cilantro oh i just remembered the lemon thyme sociable cider freewheel cider with lemon thyme in it that they had last year at uh the happy gnome it was like it's one of those cask experiments or whatever oh it was so good i love lemon thyme i grow it and I every year it's, it's in my little herb pots. Uh, Andrea is on the line, and she has for us. Hi, Andrea. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Are you there? I am. What's your question today? So I want to have a pig roast for my husband's 60th birthday. Fun. Um. Yeah, but I am getting a pig, or I've been offered a pig by somebody in my family. But what I'm finding is that none of the caterers will deal with a pig that they're not bringing in. And I'm wondering if you have any suggestions of a caterer or somebody who would handle the pig but then be able to bring other things. Is the pig, like, personal to you? Do you need to have this said pig? I do not, but I think it's personal to the person who's offering it to me, so I'm trying to incorporate that into the gathering um, so, at, because I think they're thinking of it as part of a gift, so I'm trying to figure out how to be. So wait a minute, let me understand. So there's, so you're getting a pig for a pig roast, 
then and then you want someone just to bring in sides and stuff? Yeah, and the caterers I've called are not comfortable having a pig that isn't USDA. She wants them to cook the pig, Oh, you too. want the caterer to cook the pig, too. That's why I wasn't understanding that part, too. I am going to say my email address, and I'm going to have you send me an email, because I think I have a solution, but I don't want to say it on the air because I don't know how this person feels. Yeah. So... Uh, what is my email? S Hansen, H A N S E N at H B I dot com. And I will respond with someone who I think could do it, but I don't want to say it on the air because I think he's more off the grid. Awesome. H B I. Yeah. Um, what kind of sides are you thinking you're going to have just out of curiosity? You know, the usual barbecue beans, uh, maybe macaroni, coleslaw. I mean, I'm open to that. Yeah. Uh, really doesn't matter. I just, uh, I love the idea of a pig coming from a farm. Right. farm. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, we will see you on the other side for top two and hour two. This is the weekly dish.